0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Hans Gruber. (laughs) I got nothing else on that one. Hi, Frenchie. How are you? Hopefully everyone knows who that is. If they don't, I don't even know why I remember that name. Do you know what it's from, or do you... No, I like legit... I'm sure I I would if you told me, but I I don't remember right now. It's Alan Rickman's villain character in Die Hard. Mm, Yep. It's probably because I was watching Die Hard on TV TV earlier today. Anyway, let's start with some trivia. Let's dive right into it. Let's have some fun. It's going to be a short episode. There is one man in F1 that has illegally started a race. He also Uh. holds the distinction. There might be a couple here if you get this right away. Okay. He also holds the distinction of being the only man in Formula 1 to have a did not start, did not finish, and disqualified on his record. Who is it? I, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, oh, it's it's Hans something. Um, Hold on. It is, yeah. Hans, Hans Heyer, Hans Heyer, something like that, right? Hans Heyer, Heyer, yeah, yeah. Does, I think he's, didn't he win Le Mans? I do not, I do not know. I have to look that up, but I thought he did something, like he actually wasn't a complete failure no he definitely didn't win Lamar. there's some other Hans that did oh well <laughs> another Hans <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at his uh his Le Mans record and he raced from like 72 to 86 pretty much every year and he DNF'd every single time <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's just impressive I mean in a in a bad way it's impressive yeah Alright, let's go with the true or false here. F1 cars produce more G-force than a space shuttle. Um, I'm just going to say true. So so it says here, to put that in perspective, the largest G-force that is produced by a NASA space shuttle is around 3.5 G's. In F1, Hamilton's pole lap, now this is from 2017, in 2017 was over 6 G's. I... I that one is hard to comprehend, but that's probably because I'm not that smart. And let me let me look at this list here, see if there's anything else or so we can just move on. Okay. Actually, this isn't a trivia fact. This is a trivia more than an interesting fact. I don't know how to make it into trivia. The nineteen ninety seven championship rivals never shared a podium. Oh. Can you name them? The people who fought for the championship? Yeah. In ninety seven? Then it would have been Jacques Villeneuve and Michael Schumacher. Yeah. They never shared a podium? They did not. That's kind of hard to believe, but I do. Yeah, I I mean, listen, that's what the internet tells me. I guess Schumacher didn't do super well in 97. Like, he was okay, but I imagine he was... The races that he won, maybe Jacques was not doing well? I don't know, because that Williams car was dominant right yeah i don't know anyway interesting let's talk about extreme e oh my god no thanks yeah no <laughs> i i don't okay. know has that taken off like i know it started they they actually on the and we'll talk about this next week the jamie chadwick press conference with michael andretti today uh, there was a person asking jamie if the rigors of extreme e the handful of races she entered there, oh yeah would help her to would help her handle like a bumpy street circuit sort of thing and then yeah we'll just leave it at that what there a reach a other... yeah yeah somebody didn't I, know what I, to ask and was really trying to figure out an interesting question <laughs> and apparently she's very well regarded more on the nhra side of things than than indycar but Oh, this person. I don't know, man. Yeah, this person. I thought you were talking Jamie about Jamie Chadwick. Chadwick. She's, uh, when did she do NHRA? Yeah, yeah Jamie Chadwick, has, at, at age 12, simultaneously was in Europe and Nitro Funny Cars. Yeah, she's uh, John Force's illegitimate child. <laughs> okay, move on. <laughs> Just kidding. Before we get in trouble. Yeah. I have to interview her soon. Yeah. Jamie Chadwick? Yeah, at some point. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that was such a joke. So... Let's talk about the news. There's some stuff that's interesting, but literally this will kind of exemplify how desperate we are in this offseason for news. Logan Sargent has picked his number for next season. And it's he's number two. See, normally I would just say nothing because I have nothing to say to this, but this is a podcast, so I have to say... Something, and that's all I have to say. Does he have an inferiority complex? Let's analyze this. Why would you pick number two? <laughs> Derek Jeter. Stoffel Van Dorn. He's a big Jeter fan as a, as a Yankees fan? No, definitely not Stoffel Van Dorn. <laughs> Nobody's a Stoffel Van Dorn fan. Even Stoffel Van Dorn is not a Stoffel Van Dorn. Fan. <laughs> he was the last one to use that number, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's, that's why I kept going with that. I can't think of really anyone famous who used the number two. I mean, I guess Alan Prost won in the number two car in 1989 by wrecking Ayrton Senna out at Suzuka. So I don't, yeah, interesting choice. Are we talking like just F1? Because you know Joseph Newgarden is number two. Yeah, no, I was talking F1. Okay, oh, okay. for the heritage, but maybe Logan Sargent's a big uh, Joe New fan. Yeah, could be. Was it Mario Andretti's uh, famous Indy 500 car number two? The reason I'm picturing that it was, but if I'm wrong, that's going to be embarrassing. All right, let's get yeah, to some more news. That's actual news. Alex Pillow has been officially announced as McLaren's reserve driver for next season. Is there okay? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Or what? What do we? What do we think is happening here? Nothing. I there's. I don't think there's too much to read into. It's. It's. I mean, how many reserve drivers have never driven in Formula One afterwards? A lot of them. So, I I'm not really all that hung up about it, to be honest with you. We'll worry about it next off season, hey man, or in or in April when when Polo says he's gonna stop driving for Ganassi and start um, he's gonna be a fighter pilot pilot until F1 can find room for him or something ridiculous like that. Nico Hulkenberg, F1 driver, you know, from a reserve position. I don't ever want to hear Nico Hul- Hulkenberg as a defense <laughs> on this podcast again. Have we even did we mention that he's officially in that seat or is that have we been gone for this long? I can't even keep track of to, when we recorded last, really. Uh to be honest with you, I don't remember and I don't care. I don't I like you know what? Hulkenberg is Oh, we is did talk about bum. it, I think, because I think we I think we talked about it like the night before it was like officially official when like we were pretty sure it was going to be official. Yeah. But that's all I got for you. Yeah, I guess we'll give that a shout out, even though it's not super interesting. Uh, We also not surprisingly saw that uh, Mattia Bonotto has resigned from his position at Ferrari. So are you going to celebrate? You've been calling for that. I have been calling for that for more than just this year. I know. And I am very happy. It, it um, The news came out on a day, like, wasn't it one of the days I was sick, which has been a lot lately? But I, I don't remember when it came out, and I definitely didn't tweet about it or anything because I wasn't feeling great. And here we are, and let me tell you, this is the best news we're going to get all off-season in F1. I can guarantee it. There's going to be nothing that tops the fact that Harry Potter's uncle is now out of Formula One. But who do they replace him with? That's the problem. Like, I guess they can promote someone internally. I don't think this solves the problem. Maybe it does help them in the long run. But this probably doesn't help them for 2023 at all. Yeah, they've still got a lot of problems. I mean, it's not just him. But, you know, like a coach, he's the scapegoat. I do remember talking about him now because I made that same analogy a couple weeks ago. Okay, so just because it's kind of interesting, Luca De Montezemolo has uh, commented on this. And he said, the situation that's arisen at Ferrari displeases me very much and worries me. Way. But in moments like these, since I really love Ferrari very much, I prefer not to comment except to say that, unfortunately, it seems to me that it is a company without a leader and without leadership. I, I mean, that last point is fair. Is he putting when they his are name directionless. back in? I don't know. <laughs> I'm does, reaching for I don't straws so. to find interesting stuff tonight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just F1 has like completely gone off the radar in the last couple weeks in terms of anything interesting that's happening. Like we need we need Nikita Mazepin to like, I don't know, not come back and race, but like come back and like hit his. Just we need him to talk or we need rich energy to come back from life because I can't see what that guy says anymore. So why he blocked you? He blocked me a couple months ago, yeah. Uh, Well, we could always just kind of call up Bernie Ecclestone and see what he has to say. Yeah. He knows how to throw a grenade. (laughs) Christ. Okay, so speaking of grenades, um, Esteban Ocon threw two of them in recent days that I found pretty interesting. And I just wanted to drop these here because I thought they were hilarious. So if anyone hadn't seen them, uh, you... We're missing out because they're funny. So he said, the first thing I think that he said is basically he's happy that Alonzo's leaving. I mean, clearly they were not getting along. And he said he was unhappy with whatever Alonzo had said in the press. But he said, honestly, the work was 98% on my back and 2% on his. I was overworked. I was doing all the development in the simulator and the marketing trips. Is this woe is me? What a, yeah, this is this is such a whiny baby move is the best way I can describe it. I, I sincerely doubt it was 98% him and 2% Alonzo. Did he do more marketing type stuff than Fred? Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't even have to question that one. But I don't, I don't know. This seems like wah, wah, wah. Everybody's a crybaby in this episode. That, you know, that's the title of our episode. Everyone is a crybaby in F1. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. We can. We can I'm call gonna it forget that. that in the morning when I when I publish this, I guarantee it. I'll but remind you. You heard it here now. Yeah. No. So, I am with you. I don't think that he was doing ninety eight percent of the work. I Alonso is probably able to get away with slacking off because he doesn't seem to need to develop a car. He just jumps in and drives whatever you give him, and is able to get results out of it or get the max out of it. So Alonso or Ocon probably just has to work harder to get you know close to Alonso I mean maybe he was working really hard I don't know I think he's known to work pretty hard but hey if you're a Fernando Alonso and you don't really have to work for it or you make it look easy that's a way to kind of do his favorite thing and mentally annihilate your teammate by making it look so easy from your side and just make them feel pathetic and obviously it worked yeah I think that's a great way of putting it honestly So the other thing that Ocon said that I sent you and we shared a chuckle over is that he says he could compete against Max Verstappen in the same car. And I'm going to read the full statement for content.
1: Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that will take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport.
0: That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500, on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. I'm convinced that I could compete against Max with the same weapons. I have to be. If you do not believe in yourself, you have nothing to do in this sport. I have a contract with Alpine until 2024, and we are growing a lot to close the gap to the rest. Max is a great representative of my generation. He's one of the greatest in F1 today. I am not here just to compete, and I continue to hope that we can close the gap. Oh, boy. Well, well, one one thing is for sure. Confidence in, in... Motorsports, you know, whether it's F one or IndyCar Car or anything, is vital. So, you know respect respect to that. I I don't really have an issue with that per se. Do I think it would actually happen? No, not a chance. Not not even a little bit. No, I I think he'd probably be about as good as Sergio Perez is as Max's teammate. And that's not to say that he's bad, but I mean I think Ocon's a competent, capable F one driver that deserves his seat in a midfield team. But I don't know. I mean, he hasn't shown anything to really make himself distinct from the rest of that mid-pack. So, no. yeah, I, I mean, the fact that he thinks he could compete with Max in the same car obviously either says that he's extremely confident, like you said, or that maybe he underestimates the amount that Max, like the difference that Max makes, sure. even in a great car. Sure, That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I I'll, I think you're you're on to something. Hey, I mean that's why everyone comes here for our uh, hard hitting analysis. Totally. Or or more just so we can actually. So you know how I made fun of Cody yesterday at the very end of the IndyCar episode. You you know Cody listens because and I can tell you almost what time he listens. I can't find my text with him. So he texted me this morning at eleven twenty four. So approximately eleven twenty three. He heard me make fun of him in the IndyCar episode. So, you know, I don't know where I was going with that one, but there's there's not much else going on this week. What does he text you? Is it like, is, is he upset or does he just come it's, to expect it now? It was a, a little bit of both. I don't think it was upset. It was more like expletive, you, I just listened to that. Okay, we're going to move on and continue talking. Okay. We, we I still think we should have him on as a guest at some point. Oh, man, yes, we can. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have him next week with our other guest host if you really wanted to. Uh, they've never met, I don't think. So that might be weird, but maybe I mean, another yeah, Cody one is weird. No, I wasn't yeah, saying that. Yeah. Just like I know <laughs> that was my that was my my dig for the episode. Oh, uh, Okay. Um. Okay. So there's two last little pieces of news that I think we should cover. One is pretty boring, to be honest, and I just laugh at this title. So Gunther Steiner is going to release a book in April. (laughs) Did you see this? Yeah. And it's his, like, insider diary from the 2022 season, I guess. Or, no, is it from the 2021 season? No, 2022. Yeah. And so I guess it might be interesting to hear what he has to say about Nikita Mazepin. I'll be really intrigued. Hopefully he doesn't hold back about that. But the title... It's coming out in april of 2023 the title of the book is driving to or surviving to drive so cheesy and i get it it's a money grab right there and i can't hate it because it's totally a money grab at the same time i hate it because it's totally a money grab yeah i mean if that makes sense i think it will probably fulfill a need right in f1 of people who are They know Gunther Steiner from Drive to Survive, and this is his little way of playing on that and getting kind of the casual fan to read this book, and that's pretty smart of him. I I can't blame him. Like you said, though, it's a blatant cash grab that, hey, I mean, I would do it probably if I could. I mean, I'd hopefully come up with a better title because you have to live with that being your book for the rest of your life, and I wouldn't want that to be the title. That's pretty lame. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's cheesy. It's a money grab done by some book publisher or something like that. So it's I don't hate it. As, I don't hate it too much, but it's 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 lame. We'll see if he even wrote this book, to be honest. I know a lot of the time these are ghost written. So it true, might be his diary true. from the 2022 season or he might just recount his feelings over the off season or something with an author who then turns it into a book. I doubt this is going to be among the great F1 books, but maybe we'll circle back to that in April. I think we should do kind of what we did last year, though, and maybe uh, talk about some of the F1 books that I've been able to read over this year and give recommendations to people to read over the off season, Or maybe we can get recommendations, yeah. too. Yeah. Frenchie's Book Both Club. sound good. <laughs> Frenchy's Book Club. <laughs> Instead of, doesn't oprah have a book club oprah's book club or something yeah frenchies book. do you need like a little sticker so you can put on like a racing book if it makes your book club yeah exactly and then it would sell yeah. like hotcakes yep yep Everyone all the get, authors get like one percent of me. the profit exactly yep. mm-hmm. all right the last piece of news is probably the one that i think we're gonna have the strongest feelings about and that is that the active aero plans for the twenty twenty six, I guess, body kits or the twenty twenty six car when it comes out could include reverse DRS, basically, or the idea that you handicap cars to prevent runaway wins. I hate I hate this so much. This is a fiery, effing passion passionate hate. This is the dumbest that whole thing, that whole Link, Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I just got sent it again. Active DRS, handicapping car performance. It's just, you have a, if you do that, if you go down that route, you are saying, we are not racing. We are purely entertainment. Yeah. And we are going to take it out of the driver's hands. Agreed, yeah. So you are all about the car then. You and I could drive a car with reverse DRS and do well that might be an exaggeration but you get the point yeah based on our performance in the Xbox League I doubt it but <laughs> hey I got points at Monaco oh, that's cool but how many people finished not many yeah that's six hard. but seven. hey as long as you you I mean what is it Mario's thing or who says that somebody said it in racing to finish first first you must finish I don't know who's, who uh, that is yeah I, forget. I don't remember who said that either but okay yeah this is absolutely would just be flat out race manipulation and if you feel uncomfortable with the way that uh Abu Dhabi 2021 finished then you would feel uncomfortable with the fact that Ross Braun has even floated this as a possibility I really don't like it I just want them to get rid of DRS that should be their goal not to add it into the equation even more and make it stronger in another direction I agree there. You should be able to design cars that can race well. Okay? Because other series are able to do it. And if they can't figure it out, I don't I don't get it. But like change the the regulations. I mean make the there's an equi- you can limit the cars like they do in other series, right? Because obviously if you go for full flat out arrow and make them the most technologically advanced cars ever, then sometimes you have a problem with racing, right? Because you just have all these cars that interfere with each other but i don't know if you have to use drs i guess i'm kind of used to it now with at least the way that it works currently but if they were to make it go the other way to just manipulate the races and make them closer uh yeah that that would be absolutely rage inspiring i I might boycott f1 Uh, i would not watch f1 if if there was if there was some sort of manipulation like that i'd be i'd be totally out you know it'd be cool i would turn this into an i would turn this into a nascar podcast oh i i guess i definitely wouldn't be the co-host anymore then but no you would i would make you <laughs> i would for i would i would tie you in a room and make you talk about nascar um you know what would be even worse like formula e just got rid of the gimmicky fan boost fan boost yeah. imagine if like f1 adopted it and like if you voted for somebody to get this like reverse DRS. I could see them doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) we vote and this is is the person of the week that gets slowed down by reverse DRS. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, anyway. Um, I don't think this will happen. Hopefully they're not that crazy, but we'll just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I don't think there's much else unless I'm forgetting anything that you can remember. No, not really. But anyway, we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, In case you missed the announcement yesterday, I will not be recording next week. Frenchie will have a special guest for F1. Frenchie will have a different special guest for IndyCar. And Frenchie will do a NASCAR episode totally by himself next week where he will do nothing but sing the praises of Chase, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, and Cody Ware, because we like Cody Ware. That'd be fine. I, I could get behind those three. If you had given me like some other drivers, it would have been much harder. Those guys don't seem half bad. No, no fair. Okay. Well, everybody have a lovely weekend watching sports.
1: Sports stars. They're like superheroes, but they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.